says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you, beg you. The pastor's heart is coming out. This is my heart too. Lead a life worthy of your calling. For you, you, broken you, messed up you, loved you, valued you, for you have been called by God. So always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace, for there is one body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. So that is my hope and my prayer for you guys today. Before you take a seat, why don't you welcome a few people in your row or in the, in the row next to you and just say hello to two or three people. Let them know that you are glad that they are here with us today. All right, as you guys are having a seat again, just want to say thank you again uh, for joining us today. If you're new with us today, like I said in the announcements, would love to get to meet you after the service and, and say hello. And so if you would fill out one of those red cards and turn it in, we'll be right there, a few of us leaders, uh, right after the service just to say hello and hang out. And, and get to meet. If you're online with us today, I want to thank you for joining us on our live stream as well. Um, Anita and also Dwayne and uh, Christina joining us for the first time today uh, online. Just want to say welcome and I'm glad you guys are worshiping with us on Facebook as well. Um, I want to say also thank you to our volunteers. I mentioned next week we're going to have a, a volunteer appreciation luncheon right after the church, right after the church service. But uh, you guys... Uh, just rocked it on Friday at the trick-or-treat on Main Street event. Um, was just absolutely thrilled with our volunteers. We had a bunch of people. I mean, there's thousands of people that are just coming by at this event, but we had a, a ton of volunteers uh, giving away a bunch of candy. What I loved was seeing um, our volunteers getting on the eye level with the kids. The kids would come up, but they're, they're, we're getting down here and just like, acknowledging whatever outfit they were in and just like making those kids feel special. And it's one thing to hand out candy. It's another to just see, see people and see kids and make them feel welcome at our, at, at, our, at our booth. And that was huge. And then I saw we had a football game thing going on and I heard so many like cheers and just people like screaming. It made me want to go play, but just people having fun. And then if you aren't there serving, I want you to know you guys played a part in that event because the candy, the, my gosh, the amount of candy that we had, it, we weren't just giving out a, a, a piece. We were like handfuls. And, and Tyler, I see you right there. There was, there was one moment that stuck out to me. Uh, Tyler took a, 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 a whole thing of candy, put it in the, the, the bag. The kid was surprised. The parents were like, oh, my gosh. The kid walked away, and the parent actually got onto their kid and said, you go back and tell that, that, that boy thank you. Like, <laughs> like, you tell him thank you for giving. It wasn't just a piece. So, church, church, this is what I, you guys, you guys love Los Alamos. You serve, you see people, and, and if it's just an event where we're giving out some candy, it's generous. Total pastor teaching moment, okay? Everything comes to us from God, right? It's not ours. God gives us everything, right? I didn't see one 
of our uh, people handing out candy out of all of these things that, that we had for candy, all these pieces, 4,000 pieces of candy. I didn't see any one of them being stingy. They're like, hey, this didn't come from me. Somebody else got this candy. They're just like, give, 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 give. That's, that's our lives. God has given you gifts. He has given you uh, time. He has given you passion. He's given you experiences. Yes, he's given you finances. Some of you, he's given you candy. Give the candy away, right? That's how he wants us to live. We, he says in, in Ephesians, live a life that is worthy of your calling. Lead a life that is worthy of your calling. We're in a, in a series where we're going through the book of Ephesians, the six chapters, and it's kind of nice. The first three chapters, if you haven't joined us, today's going to be, if, like, if you just start on chapter four, where we're going to start, it's going to be a little bit weird because he's going to start getting into the doing part. He's like, okay, now that in chapters one through three, I've described who you are and whose you are and how blessed you are, all these blessings that God has given you, that you don't have to earn it. You, he describes our spiritual condition, which he said in chapter two is dead. We, we are dead in our sins. Nobody's perfect. And, and, and when, you're, when you're dead in your sins in relationship with God, there's nothing you can do to save yourself. He's painting a very clear picture and just saying, this is the beauty, the good news of Jesus. God in the flesh came to have a relationship with you. And you don't have to earn God's love. You don't have to earn his blessing. You don't have to earn his favor. He just wants a relationship with his children. And so he describes that adoption. He's like, you are adopted into the family. You, like, you have all the inheritance as, as if you were his own. And it's this beautiful thing describing our identity. Well, once you have your identity, and you know who you are, you know whose you are, now go live it out. <laughs> it's, it's time. You don't just receive all of these gifts and, 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 and just be like, oh, well, I guess that's it. No, when you have been blessed with 4,000 pieces of candy, and you see kids coming around that are in need of sugar, you hand that stuff out. It's a beautiful picture of how God wants us to live our lives, but not with sugar and candy. It's like you have good news. Then no matter what you're facing today, you still have hope. And there are some things that he wants us to do that he's going to start talking about in these next three chapters that get real practical on how we need to live out this calling. We're going to talk about some of that today. Um, next week... It's going to be a little bit more of the doing, all right? He, he's going to talk about how to live this life and fleeing from uh, uh, sexual things, fleeing from uh, our words and toxic words. Uh, he's, going to, he's going to talk about forgiveness and anger, very practical stuff. And we're going to, like in a way, as a church, as a pastor, we're going to step in it because <laughs> he kind of goes there on some certain things. But um, at, at the same time, like, God has your best interests at heart, and, and he, he wants us, he doesn't want you to hold on to bitterness. It's okay to be angry, but what do you do with that anger? He's trying to help us live that life out. Then in two weeks, we're going to do our one and only marriage conference at one Sunday, because he, 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 in, in Ephesians 5, he talks about marriage, so just, it, it, and really it's relationships in general, but 
so it'll be helpful to everybody. I realize we're not all married here, and that is totally fine, but I'm going to try to make that. We'll talk about marriage, but it will help you in all relationships. And then uh, chapter 6 and in, 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 in the uh, in three weeks is one of my favorite chapters in all of Scripture, uh, talking about the armor of God. So just so you know where we're headed in the coming weeks. He says, therefore, I, a prisoner serving the Lord, beg you to live a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. All right, you, you have been called, God's calling you, have an invite from God to just be in partnership, in relationship with him. Now, when I first moved to Los Alamos, um, I was a student uh, working at the lab, got a summer internship, and I was uh, doing computer science, working on a waste management program um, here. And part of my job as a student was to be, take place in the student symposium, where we did a presentation at the end of our thing. So I did a talk on that. We did a poster presentation. It was real dorky and geeky. You can see right there, that's 2002, way back in the day. Well, apparently it went so well, I won some sort of prize. And then they invited certain students to come and give presentations in Washington, D.C. at a student symposium nationwide there. So it was really cool because we got to go. There's me and my mentor. We got to meet, I think his name's Jeff Bingham, who was our state senator. Uh, at the time. So, I mean, we got to, to meet with senators and meet and greet with um, uh, just pretty powerful people um, in doing this. Well, it was a two-day th- two thing. We, got, we had this, the presentations on one day. The next morning, we we're going to have a banquet. And that night before the banquet, we get this call uh, saying, hey, um, things have kind of changed, but not only are these dignitaries coming from the House of Representatives and and senators, but um, apparently the White House said, hey, uh, we got this breakfast in the morning, and president's going to come. There's going to be a little photo opportunity. It's going to be real quick, but he wants to, 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 to do a little meet and greet and, and have this little presentation. So we're freaking out. We're like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. So uh, we're setting our alarms. Uh, you know, I, I go to the, the hotel. I set my alarm, get that, calling parents, getting things ready, and all this sort of stuff. And... Um, Go to bed that night, just like pretty, pretty pumped. Like this is this what was just. I'm just a student here giving uh, a computer science talk. I'm a computer science dork and giving these things. The next morning, I wake up to a phone call, and it's frantic, and it's like, Mike, where are you? <laughs> like, what's going on? The the power had gone out and reset the alarm clock, and I had overslept, and. I didn't miss the meet, but by the time I was going to get ready and get to the thing where I needed to be and get the taxi and all that sort of stuff, he's gone. President's gone. And I'd miss that call. Now, before you get all too sad or weepy-eyed or anything like that, that story's true except for the, the, the president part, <laughs> okay? I, 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 I don't follow my example. I'm trying to, to, like, come up with an example that is just, like, I had the meetings with the senators. We did all that. The president never came. You're not going to miss that phone call. You're not going to miss that appointment in that meeting. If the president's coming, you're going to do everything you can to make that meeting. All right? If, if Patrick Mahomes says he wants to meet, where and when? I ain't even going to bed, right? Taylor Swift's going to walk in the door. You're not missing that photo op. Listen. The creator of heaven 
and earth has called you. Not to a photo op, not to a breakfast. He wants a daily relationship with you, a partnership to know you intimately, to live lead a life worthy of the calling and too many of us yeah I like him I even say I love him and he's my lord but nah tomorrow the guy who we are banking on for eternity yeah we call it like it is lukewarm Lukewarm. And I know that steps on your toes because none of us are perfect. Steps on my toes too. But I'm trying to get you an idea. Paul is writing to the Ephesians. And he's saying, hey, I want you to know who you are. You've been blessed. You, you have, God has saved you by his grace. Therefore, previous three chapters, know all this stuff. And now that you know this, let's go live this thing out. There's no lukewarm here. There's no giving up. We talked about Paul's in prison. He had this big, big dream, which he talks about. Think about the love of God and, and more than you can think or imagine. That, that was just like two verses prior to this right here. Paul's in prison thinking, how am I going to get this done? And yet God is still speaking through Paul today more than you can think or imagine. Therefore, I, a prisoner, for serving the Lord, beg you, you, go be inspired and inspire others on this mission. So many of us, okay, fine, fine, fine. I've been called by God. What does he want me to do, Mike? What does he want me to do? What's God's will for my life? Three quick things on teaching on God's will, okay? First is, there's, when you talk about God's will, there's three types. One is his providential will, okay? These are the things that's going to happen. You can't stop it. Nobody can stop it. It's just going to happen, all right? God's going to create earth. Uh, God is going to send Jesus. He's going to come to earth. He's going to die on a cross. He's going to ascend to heaven. One day, Jesus is coming back. You can't stop it, all right? That's his providential will. There's certain things that are just going to happen. You can't change it, all right? That's one thing when we talk about God's will. Another one is his moral will. This is where we're going to camp out today and next week. Who does God want you to be? He wants you to become like him. And so he's going to share some things about who he is and his nature and he wants us to become like him um, in those things. That's his moral will. Then there's his personal will. That's the one you're asking about. Mike, I want to know God's personal will. What, do you want, what does he want for me to do here? What's God's will for my life? Now, here's a little cheat code, and if you're taking notes, this is a good one to remember. Because so many of us want to know, well, God, what do you want me to do? And the Bible doesn't really give you a whole lot of answers on that. God, am I supposed to... Get married to this person? Are we supposed to buy this house? Are we supposed to move this to this town? Are we supposed to keep this job? God, tell me what you want me to do. When you go to the Bible looking for specifics, God, I don't know what I'm supposed to major in. Which, which, which college am I supposed to go to? You're not going to find many answers in there. When you open up your Bible and ask the question, God, who do you want me to be? God, who do you want me to become? Whoa, 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 that Bible, when you open it up, starts to become alive. 
Because it is loaded with things on God. Who do you want me to be? And the more you become who God wants you to be, the more you become who God wants you to be, then you'll be in position to to know what God wants you to do. And we want to do all the doing first, and I'll do the being later. No, 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 no. More times than not, more times than not. Hey, become who God wants you to be. Ask those questions. Those are better questions, and then you'll be sitting in the right spot at the right time when God speaks and says, hey, I want you to go and do. Well, you've already built that character within you. So he says, watch this, verse 2, always, say this with me, always be humble. There's that B word. You are a human being, not a human doing. Be humble. Always be gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for others' faults because of your love. This is God. This is Jesus. You know, in their world, where you had babies getting slaughtered under the age of two when they heard there was a new king in town, where political opponents would devour one another, where might made right, whoever had the power, whoever had the money, whoever had the status. And no, I'm not talking about 2023 today, although that's exactly how we operate in today's world too. Our world demands that you fight back. You demand your rights, protecting our freedom. All these things that we we try to hold on and grip on to control. Jesus was born into this world. Uh, Think about how radical these statements are. Paul's Paul's in prison for preaching Jesus. And he's not saying, hey, guys, get me out of here. I have my rights. Change the government. Elect new officials. Anything we got to do. No. Be humble. Be gentle. Be patient. He's got kingdom mindset here. Jesus, who was publicly humiliated, tortured, beaten, crucified on a cross, basically stripped naked on a cross to where he couldn't even be recognized, realizing it was all for a purpose behind it, God's bigger kingdom purpose. Paul goes on to say, make every effort to keep yourselves united in spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. What does God want me to do? He wants us to be united. But he says, make every effort. I love that phrase. Why? Because you're difficult. (laughs) It's hard. Sometimes, you know what? It's hard to love some of (laughs) y'all. You're like, it's hard to love you, Mike. (laughs) You get it, right? Make every effort. Unity doesn't just happen. You got to work at it. And oh, by the way, if you're going to be united with other believers in Christ, then you got to be united. You can't be solo on this journey. This is a big one. The local church, as many flaws as we have, and we have many, as hard as it can be to love people within the local church, he says make every effort to be united. What's the effort that you're putting in? I'm not in for legalism. I'm not in for perfect attendance. But as we learned last week, if you read it, this doesn't make sense unless you read last week. 
Ephesians 3, he said, hey, this mystery thing of the church hasn't been revealed until Jesus. And then the church began. And guess what? God put all, he put all of his, he's banking on the church. It's his plan A. There is no plan B. He hasn't given up on the local church. And so he says, I'm, I'm, this is my tool. This is my vehicle. This is my mechanism for getting this good news out. This is how God is going to show up through his people, through the local church. So he's saying here, when we get to, to the, the being part, I want you to be united. Every effort it takes on your part, because that's God's plan A, not his plan B. And so, so right here, who do you want me to be? I want to be united with a church, a place where I can plug in and use my gifts, a place where I can learn, where I can grow in my relationship with God, where I can grow in my relationship with others. There's too many benefits to the church. And I know many of us have been wounded and hurt, but I'm, if it's not this church, I mean, we will wound you and hurt you, not on purpose, I hope not, but if you're like, hey, I can't find a place to plug in here, then there's many great local churches around town where you can. Find one where you can get in and plug in. He says, for there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. What are we to be united around? This is what gets us most stirred up. Churches get united around political parties, political movements, power. They get tripped up on all the wrong things. Not here. Not as long as I'm pastor. Here's what we're going to be united around, keeping the main thing the main thing, the big picture. He says there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. That's pretty all-encompassing to say there's one God, we serve them. There's not, oh, any religion can get you where you need to go. We're all just kind of climbing the same mountain. You know, just no, 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 no. Uh-uh. Everybody's invited. Everybody is loved. But there is only one way. And we will, as a church, Freedom Church, unite around that way. That is Jesus Christ. He is the way, the only way. He is the only one. There's no one else coming. All right, if you're looking for another Savior, you're going to be waiting. He's the one. He's that God-sized hole that we talked about last week. He will make you complete. Now, too many of us, we get tripped up on that church that hurt us, and people have let us down. Jesus' followers have let us down, but they are not your Savior. Follow Jesus, follow Jesus, follow Jesus, follow Jesus. That's what we're going to unite around, keeping the main thing the main thing. <laughs> I was playing this week with my, with my son. We were playing out in the yard um, uh, with, with a ball, like a little pickleball thing or whatever, just random game or whatever. And we're talking about uh, um, faith stuff. Awesome. We got a ball in our hand, and we're talking about faith stuff. This is a great conversation. And um, he's uh, 11, and he started to watch The Simpsons, okay? And you can judge me all you want, but um, we, we grew up in, in our world, and I love my mom and dad, but, you know, when The Simpsons first came out, when I was born, we weren't allowed to watch The Simpsons, all right? Anybody with me? Anybody? You're like, okay, okay, okay. All right, so you will, you will this is an important parenting tip, your kids will either do things inspired by you or your kids will do things in spite of you. All right, so this one's in spite because I wasn't allowed to let my kids or watch The Simpsons, so I'm like, you know what? You get to watch The Simpsons, <laughs> all right? So, um, and he's watching this, and we're having this conversation about, oh, what do you want to be, and, uh, you know, YouTubers and making money and all these sorts of things. And I said, you know, what's really important, like, 
the main thing in life. I mean, all the other, you got all the other stuff, but the most important thing is, do you know Jesus? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? To which he laughs and goes, ha, Flanders. <laughs> I'm like, great. You know, he's throwing a dig at me. Flanders, if you don't know, is the annoying Christian neighbor who, you know, just annoys him all the time. I said, you know what? I'll take it. You can make fun of me. You can mock me all you want. But, the hey, you can grow up to be a famous YouTuber. You can have all the followers. You can make all the money. You can do whatever you want, son. But at the end of the day, Flanders got it right. All right. What is success in life? What does God want me to do? He wants me to know him. I'm already known. He wants me to know him and make him known to other people. And you can make fun of me all day long, but at the end of the day, that's what I'm shooting for. I'm not trying to be annoying, believe me. I'm a dork enough as it is, all right? But at the same time, that's all I want. That's success. You, you've, you've hit the nail on the mark. From there, we go and be, and there's things that God has for you to do. Now, bonus one, we go into verse 9. He says, notice that it says he ascended, Jesus ascended into heaven. This clearly means that Christ, Jesus, also descended down into our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now I read that, I'm like, what the heck is that even talking about? And, and I got this image that kind of helped me. You know, when they score a touchdown in the football game, or they get an interception in the football game. All right, what does the team do when they score? I love this part of the NFL. They get that ball, and they spike that thing, and then they got some sort of end zone dance. They want people to know that we just won, that we just scored on you, we dominated you. So when it says, when Jesus ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. I picture Jesus spiking that ball and doing an end zone dance right in the devil's face, saying, I did it! I came to earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross as a sacrifice for you and me. Now I'm going to heaven, and everybody's welcome. Look at that! And let's have a part. This, this is... So I read that, and I'm like, I don't even know what that means. I know what an end zone touchdown dance looks like. And Jesus is spiking it in the enemy's face, saying, who's, who's next? Who's next? Who wants them? Nobody. Why? Because he's won the victory. This is a victorious thing. And also, when a king went and conquered, when he conquered, he got the spoils. And when the king went and conquered, and he got the spoils... He's bringing that home to the kingdom. And it says, I got, I'm filling the whole universe with this. I got gifts beyond gifts beyond gifts beyond gifts for my kids. And I'm bringing them home. Not only did I win the victory, but I got gifts to give. Now, we, because he's going to talk about this, he's going to talk about the gifts. We get these messed up. We, again, like last week, we talked about greatness. We, thought, we think greatness is square footage. We think greatness is that bank account. We think greatness is, is followers. We think greatness in earthly terms. And no, 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 no. That's not success in God's eyes. 
We think gifts, oh, God's going to give me money. God's going to give me health. God's going to give me all these, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. No, your gifts are to be given away. <laughs> we got the candy, right? And you got the kids with the sugar, right? I got your gifts. And in my kingdom, we work things backwards. The way <laughs> to treasure is eternal things, not earthly things. So let's keep going because you got gifts, all right? We're going to keep the main thing, the main thing. I'm going to use my gifts for others. Now, these gifts, Jesus conquered. He's bringing the spoils. These are the gifts Christ gave to the church. Again, there's that word again, the church. God wants to work through the church. The apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build the church, the body of the Christ. So, I'm a pastor. I feel like that's what God's called me to do. But you'll notice, my job is to equip the church to do the work. And you guys do an amazing job, okay? So this isn't a dog on you, but this is a, a reminder and a responsibility, and we have been a part of churches where the pastor or the leaders, they do the work, and it, this is a together thing. All right, there is work for all of us to do. And again, that's why Friday night was such a beautiful picture of seeing everybody working together. And when you do that, it's not only is it fun, but you see God move through that. This will continue until we all come to such unity of faith and knowledge of God's Son and that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Down to 16, he says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. That's you. You have, you have a part. You have been called. You have a gift to give. You have something to help others. It is to help other parts grow. So it's not just for you. Your gifts are not for you. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So many of us say, well, if I, if, if God, if, if I have God's presence in my life, all right, I give my life to Christ, and I have his power. He's working in and through me. Why do I need God's people? Why do I need this thing called the church? And there's a verse right here that tells you why. Apparently, apparently, you have something I need. And apparently, I have something you need. God's power works through his people. And you cannot have access to that all by yourself. He's going to work through his people. That's how he shows up. That's why it's so important for you to be here. When, when The ministry of presence, the power of presence. You never know on a Sunday morning, any given Sunday, what God's going to do. Just through a simple conversation, just through a simple smile. All right, yes, we are here to praise and worship Jesus, but I promise you, there's, if you have your God eyes open, there's somebody here who God wants you to work through on a Sunday morning. When you leave the church today and you go out each and every day, there is somebody that's crossing your path that God wants you to just be a light and a hope. And that doesn't mean you have to go bang them with the Bible and all this sort of stuff and be annoying Ned Flanders or anything like that. It's just to see what does God want me to do. I have been given a gift. When each part uses its gift, it's to help other people grow. I believe there's some untapped resources, some, some unopened gifts that need to be opened today.
As we close out here, Jesus is about the heart. As we get into this being part, what is God, what do you want me to be? What do you want me to do? I'm telling you, he is about the heart. I want you to be humble. I want you to be gentle. I want you to be patient. That's, that's a heart thing. And that's where we're going to be camping out for these next, next couple of weeks when we get into these final chapters. He says, for God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done. So no one can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he had planned for us long ago. We're not, we're not doing these things to receive God's favor. No, 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 no. We've already received that. We're doing this from that foundation within him. Jesus is proud of you. <laughs> if you're coming here today wondering God's views on you, God loves you. He, you're his number one pick, all of us. He's proud of you. He wants you. You are his masterpiece. When you know who God wants you to be, then you will know what to do. Many of us, we, we just discount ourselves. Like, okay, Mike, I want to be humble. I want to do these things. I want to be a part of the church. I want to, but I just, if you knew me, I'm just not that person. I'm just, it's somebody else. And my heart as a pastor, as he was saying, I beg you to leave a, lead a life worthy of your calling. God sees a version of you that you can't see. When you start becoming who God wants you to become, I believe you start getting vision. And too many of us are lacking vision. We see the here and the now, and we're too stuck up on what is happening here now, and we don't have the vision to see who God sees what we could be. If you would just take those next steps of faith and trust Him, God has something greater for you on the other side. Oh, but to the church in Ephesus, in Revelation, Jesus, he writes a letter to this church, the local body. Paul wrote this letter to them, encouraging them, inspiring them. Now, this isn't Paul, this is Jesus. Jesus is direct words. Now, one day you will meet Jesus. You don't have to be afraid of that moment, but you will be held accountable and it is my job as pastor to help you be prepared for that moment. That is the climax of your life and my life. Jesus writes a letter to this church. Write this letter to the angel of the church of Ephesus. This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in the right hand and the one who walks among the seven gold lampstands. I know all the things you do. God knows. He knows them all. I have seen your hard work and your patient endurance. Well, well done. I know you don't tolerate evil, evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they're apostles and they're not. You have discovered they are liars, for you have patiently suffered for me without quitting. Wow, that's, a great, that's great. There's some good, but also, here it comes. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. In another translation, it says, you've lost your first love. Look how far you've fallen. But it's not all gone from there. Turn back. 
what do you want me to do, God? Where do you want me to go? I'm so far away. I, so, I don't even, I don't, you know, when I pray, it's like I don't even, turn back. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I'll come and remove this lampstand. Listen, I want to give you influence. I want to give you these gifts to, to help other people. But listen, if you're not going to do it, I'll find somebody else. But I want you. But if this is in your favor, you hate the evil deeds of the Nicolaitans, just as I do. Anyone who has ears to hear, if you've heard from God, listen to the Spirit and understand what He's saying. To everyone who is victorious, I give fruit from the tree of life in the paradise of God. He's like, there's a reward in heaven that you don't even know, you can't even imagine. Maybe today, our next step of faith is just getting back to our first love, Jesus. Let's not make it complicated. Get into the Word. Spend time with Him. You have a calling, an appointment. He doesn't want a photo op. Come back next week. Get encouraged. Meet some people. Get plugged in. Start serving using your gifts. Let God work through you. Make an invite to church. There's going to be someone in your path that needs prayer this week. Pray over people. When you start, when you start building that connection with God, and that's what a lot of us have lost. <laughs> we feel lost because we've drift, drifted away. He hasn't moved. I have. He didn't leave me. I, I left Him. Turn back, turn back, turn back. And start living out this life one step at a time. Let's stand and let's pray. Say thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the message today. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, leave a review or a comment or share this message. That really does spread the message further and faster when you do that. Secondly, if there's a next step that you need to take coming out of this, head on over to our website, click get involved and let us know exactly how you can take your next step. We would love to partner with you in that. And finally, if you have been impacted in a positive way through our ministries or your family has been impacted in a positive way through our ministries, go on over to our website and click give. And if you want to partner with us financially, that would be huge in getting the message of Jesus out through our ministries. Thank you again for stopping by the podcast. Have a wonderful week. God bless.